Hello, 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 and welcome to the Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Rosiel. I got my men. I've seen a shot. I have Joel Shrek here with me, and we are breaking down the Farmers Insurance Open. Another two-courser, which means probably going to hit another first-round leader. Check. Probably going to hit another outright. Check. And Sia had my DraftKings account double overnight. So, Sia, I would like, uh, could you take a bow if you don't mind? Uh, I don't know if I can, but, you know, just read my eyes and, and they are bowing. So I can um, see it. you're welcome. It. Well, yes, you're thank you for that. Welcome. Yeah, hopefully everybody did see that and, and was paying attention. I actually got the first round leader secretly because we didn't know the courses and everything, but we did hit that outright. So hopefully everyone just put a dollar on it because it was like 56 to one or something, guys, a dollar bet. And it worked out. Please, if you haven't already, make sure to like and subscribe, like and subscribe, like and subscribe to our YouTube page. If you're listening on the audio version, make sure to give us a five-star review. We would love, love, love for you to do that. So thank you all very much. Joel, did you have Siwoo Kim outright? Like Joel told, or like Sia told us? I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't make the bet, but that was dumb. I should have just made the bet. Should have just and made the bet. That's why I make I them all, because I'm terrified if we, I missed one. I missed HV3 back in like July, and I swear to God, I'll never do that again. <laughs> but it's not, it's not, it's not all for not because I did have a, a good chunk of Siwoo Kim in my lineups. And I made some money, so we're still okay. We're okay. Still okay. He made you. He made us all money in different ways, and that's what we like yeah. to see. Made it in DFS, made it in the betting market, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to break down the Farmers Insurance Open. We're going to give you some fun DFS plays. We're going to give you some fun outright bets. Just make them all. Just put a dollar on them. <laughs> Dollars too rich for your blood. Put fifty cents on them because most of them will return fifty-six to one, like our our man Siwoo Kim did. But again, got him at thirty-six to one in the. First round leader, got him 56, whatever. We don't need to labor this point. Um, Do appreciate that. And see a secret weapon. Not only made the cut, but did pretty well again. Mr. Uh, Mr. Hickok, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, Kramer Hickok. That's right. Look at that. So guys, just, just pay attention. We're literally making you money every single week. You just got to pay attention. So, Sia, I'll start with you. You are, um, you know, just made me a bunch of money, so I appreciate you for it. So we have another two-course event here, Farmers Insurance Open. A little bit of a different field, which is kind of nice. I know Rory's back, uh, so our main man, um, one of the dudes that does our graphics, he's a huge Rory guy. Uh, so I've been making fun of him the, the whole day because he hasn't done shit in like 18 months. So him and I have been going back and forth, which has been fun. <laughs> but I guess just initial thoughts, initial look, what are we looking at? Because I know these two courses are like rel like pretty different, right? Pretty different. Uh, for the record, Rory has been pretty much garbage, but he was fifth at the Masters. And uh, he was third. I think he was third last week uh, overseas. So yes. something to be said for that. I mean, you know, Rory's supposed to be taking down tournaments and he hasn't done that much lately, but, uh, so yeah, two different courses, North course, South course, we're at Torrey Pines. The, the really big difference is that the South course, which is going to be three out of the four days. So basically just like last week, you're going to rotate North South and then the weekend is going to be played on the South course. Well, that South course is like close to 70, depending on where, you know, pin locations is, it's going to be about 7,700 yards on a par 72. Wow. Whereas the North course is going to be a par 72 and closer to like 7,200 and some change. So it's a really big difference for those long hitters. You know, I, I feel like there was a misperception last week that being long was really going to help. And that's why the, the Sam Burns's of the world were like really popular plays. Well, Sure, it, it would have helped. Like Joel said last week, it, it definitely would have helped. Don't get me wrong. And it did help some people. But I feel like this week it's going to help a lot more on that south course, which is why we'll talk about it. But guys like Sam Burns and some of these really long hitters 
are probably more in play for me and Joel than they would have been last week. So um, as far as everything else, I, I will say this. I don't emphasize putting much, but if you're a bad putter, um, this is not the place for you. This is, I'm probably going to, a lot of times I'm like, well, you know, guys like Emiliano Grillo or Ben on, I'll be like, or even Hideki, I'll be like, well, you know, they could get hot with the putter. Anybody can get hot with the putter. This is typically the place where you're not really going to get hot with the putter. It's very hard to putt here. The greens are very fast. They're undulating in certain places. And it's just, if you're not a confident putter, like you're probably going to lose strokes in that department. So what I'm emphasizing is kind of the complete package, being good off the tee, long and precise, but probably a little bit more long than anything. Approach is always important, but putting and around the green game is important too, especially with this course set up and, and the way the wind is going to be. So I'm really looking for like that five-tool player, if you will, that's got everything in the bag. I love it. I love it. And and Joel, I do want to throw it to you because always excited to hear, uh, you know, how we're doing a patented lineup this week, but also Rory again. I forgot how much you love Rory because he's been such shit and he hasn't been any of the tournaments recently. I guess just give us your exposure to Rory right now. Don't give us a breakdown. Just tell me percentage of lineups. How many is he going to be in? Hard to say right now, but my initial instinct wants to say 40. I, I okay. love him. I love him. So, and that's high. Him. That's pretty high. 40 is high. So, um, Listen, at that price, it's like, you know, you can go higher on percentage for guys like me at a lower price at that price. It's hard to go higher than 40 because it's so, it's so much of your yeah. of your salary. Um, I will say this, you know, and this is me just completely playing devil's advocate with C. I, I actually agree with what he said, but just to put it out there, hearing all the points um, with the putting. Another way to look at this course is it's going to be so difficult that almost like putting gets neutralized, right? So where it's like a bad putter, like the course is going to play so hard that the good putters aren't going to have as much of an advantage because it's just so much harder. Um, another way to look at it, you know, another way to say like, hey, like maybe a guy like, a guy I'm thinking about what I'm referencing when I said Hideki, it's like where if he's going to, if he's going to be crushing his irons and, and getting there in regulation every time and, you know, playing well around the green, he can almost neutralize the putting, whereas other guys are going to struggle on the putting. So a different way to think about it, um, I would agree, though, on the surface. I agree with C. You, you don't want to target too many bad putters. That's probably never a good recipe. Uh, but it, it could maybe for a guy like a deck, if you want to play one, one, one guy like that, it could be another angle to look at. I love it. And everybody in the chat, if you guys have any questions, let us know. We're here with you for the next about 55 minutes. We have some DFS breakdown and, of course, some fun bets. Um, I guess one last question, Joel, I'll throw it to you. Uh, maybe I'm just kind of curious. Is this going to be one of those tournaments where we're going to see a lot of 15, 16, 17, 20 unders? Or is this with the difficult putting, are we expecting it to be a little bit of a lower score? So those guys like Ryan Palmer might not be as fun on this course because they might not even make the cut. I actually don't know if Ryan Palmer is making the, the, the tournament or not. But anyway, you know what I mean? So Ryan Palmer is in the tournament and he will be someone that will be a good topic of discussion for us. Um, this is, it looks, it's going to be a tough course. This is not going to be easy. Um, I don't think they're going to get super low scores this week. Um, but that doesn't mean necessarily that you don't want to target those guys like Ryan Palmer, um, because length is going to be important. He is long. Uh, he should be able to make up for some of that with his length. So, um, it's definitely going to be difficult, but that's not necessarily changing. You know, I don't think it, that has too much to do with, you know, you still want to target the guys who are in the best form. They got, you know, me, I overweight course history. Let's see who's done here well before. Let's go back up to those guys. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm, it's not the 
difficulty of the course is not really putting me off any golfers. Okay. Then I have to ask because we brought that up last week. How did Adam Hadwin do? I think he made the cut, right? At least made the cut. He did fine. Um, he, you know, I didn't lose money by playing him, but he didn't win me any money. So he was okay. fine. So you remember we were talking about mm -hmm. him, and it was it was a case study of course history versus recent history. His recent history was hilarious, like terrible, and his course history was amazing. And what's really interesting is we didn't get an answer to the question yep. because he made yeah. the cut and he finished in like this very average to below average score. And it's frankly exactly where we think a caliber, you know, guy like Adam Hadwin would finish. So, you know, I was kind of hopeful that he'd really like do awesome or he would completely miss the cut and flail. And then we'd be like, all right, well, that's a good example of, you know, recent history being more important than obviously course history, but we didn't get an answer on this one. But honestly, every golf tournament, generally every golf tournament offers us a couple examples of you know pitting course history versus recent history and then of course you want to factor in all the other things mm -hmm. the strokes gain metrics but I, I always kind of like doing that because people have different theories on what's more important and for me it's usually recent history but uh yeah adam hadwin did not answer our question this week. the worst possible outcome literally right yeah. in the middle what do you got joel i, I think see made a good point and i'll add to that i think another thing that you can fact something i was thinking about earlier today when thinking about course history and uh recent history is the style of tournament you're playing right i think like as everyone knows i play a lot of gpps i think course history is more important for gpp because i'm looking to catch lightning in a bottle I, i'm okay with missing sometimes knowing that these guys have that high top five upside because they've done it before. That's where my mentality is. I know I'm not going to hit on every guy, but I've seen that this guy who's maybe priced a little bit, you know, in the seven thousands has gotten top five years multiple times. So I'm going to go there, even though maybe a recent history is not there. So the thought is, if you know, cash, I wouldn't look at course history as much in more recent history because you just need guys making the cut and being there. Tournaments, you know, a little riskier, and I admit it is riskier, but I just see the upside is why you want to go back to those guys. Yeah, that makes sense. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, let's get into the breakdown a little bit, gentlemen. We are, have the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, in that top tier, we have John Rahm back. He was scratched from the last event. Can't remember if it was COVID related, so I'll have one of you remind me. John Rahm, Roy Rackelmoy, <laughs> Rory McElroy, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, and Patrick Read up there in that five-digit range. Seal, let's start with you. How do you feel about this range? So John Rahm exited last week because of an alleged, uh, I emphasize the word alleged, back injury. Not that, I mean, I mean, that certainly could have been it. Uh, let's keep in mind, he's also like in the middle of, of changing clubs and, and maybe that factored in, or maybe there's mo something more salacious. Maybe I'm just talking to try to create rumors because mm -hmm. I, you know. That's fun too. Uh, because that's super fun. But he said, he said, I could have played last week if I really needed to, if it was a major, but I decided not to because I tweaked something in the gym. So what does that mean as far as this week is concerned? I mean, he's definitely the heaviest hitter here, um, so to speak, but I don't know. I, I'm always looking for a reason not to take a guy because I like so many other guys in this elite range, let's say. And that could be a reason. I mean, if you're worried about the back, I'm sure he's fine. This is a young guy that probably probably is not going to have an issue whatsoever but again he's also in the middle of, of changing you know clubs so that's something to factor in as well and he didn't play last week so you know maybe he's a little rusty I, i'm not really sure i'll tell you i like john rom just fine but rory's probably going to be my guy here um of these top five guys ten thousand and above i really don't like any of them except for Rory, to be honest with you. The one thing about Rory that, that I kind of don't like, and this is something I'll probably just address right now, is he starts on the south course, which again is the harder course. And we kind of want guys that are going to start on the, on the north course uh, because 
this is just kind of like the theory that we've been kind of the wind daily team's kind of been banding about the wind is really going to be an issue or a much bigger issue on friday than it is thursday so I, I kind of want people to like start off well and then face the wind as opposed to start off not very well and then have to jump into the wind on, on a, you know, it's mm -hmm. again, we, we can talk about what what's going to be better. And obviously the weather changes as well. It's just the one little wrinkle I'm throwing in. I'm going to try to stack guys on the on the north course as of right now. But other than that, you know, factor. I, I like Rory quite a bit. I, I'm not going to be on Finau, although I think he's a good course fit. Xander's interesting because he's obviously elite and he grew up in this area. And he's been on this course a hundred more times than anybody else, but he's missed four out of the last five cuts. And the one cut he made, he finished, I think, 25th. I mean, it's just, there's not a better example of, of bad course history than the guy who actually grew up here which is super weird and honestly maybe it turns around this year it's going to turn around at some point i just don't know that i'm going to be willing to gamble ten thousand four hundred dollars that it's going to be this this week yeah and that, that makes sense that's weird it's his home course essentially and just not that good so joel how much are you weighing that on xander being the past performance guy how much do you care about that specifically Listen, if you want to build yourself a storyline around, you know, it's his home course, he hasn't done well before, this might be the year where things change, and, you know, he, you can. I mean, and mm -hmm. he's so good at golf where I, I, you know, I wouldn't be mad at you for playing him. I am with – see, you know how I value courses. I'm not going to play a lot of them. I don't think I'm going to completely fade him. I, I think I will put him in just a small percentage of my lineups, but um, I'm not too high on him this week just because he hasn't done it before, and it's just hard, especially in a really difficult course, to just turn it around. Uh, and so I would like to see him do it, but you know, it could very well happen that the year he does it, he wins the tournament, and then we're all out of money because we didn't take him. So it's possible. I, I don't love him this week, but it, it's, I'm not going to write him off. So let, before you get into the rest of your 10K guys that, that you like, I do want to point out something because I don't want to forget it. So with no fans and no grandstands and no tents and, and just different things being up on the golf course, you know, one thing we hear over the years is guys on their home course. Some guys are great on their home course for obvious reasons, and some guys just aren't. And the reason is because then when they get to the course on on game day, if you will, everything's sort of set up differently. Mm -hmm. There's there's bleachers up and there's, you know, it's just a different feel for them. So the good news, if you want to take Xander, is this is going to be like him rolling up like, you know, and it, it's like just his normal round like he was when, when he was growing up because you're not going to have that typical, you know, maneuvering around fans and, you know, bleachers and seats in random places. So if there, if that was an issue for him, he's obviously going to be more comfortable because it's going to be like status quo this week. I like that. There we go. Joel, he just built the story for you. Take some Xander. <laughs> um, no. I, I, I think it's a really good point. He's great. Right. I mean, that's, that's a great point because if, if you want to find what makes like, because it really doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And if that is, if that is the reason that makes sense, right? That's at least giving you something to believe. In. It's like, okay, well it's different when all these fans are here. Now they won't be here. Maybe they'll put him back in his comfort zone for someone this good. I can buy that. Can't hurt. How about the rest of that range, Joel? Outside, I mean, we know you love Rory, but get into all of them for us. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is the week for Rory. I've said it every week, and now it's actually happening. This is the week. Everyone else is kind of believing in it. So, unfortunately, we're not getting all that value that we would like. But um, I think, listen, I don't know if Rory's going to win the tournament. I'm not saying you know, Rory's going to win. He might. But he looks like he's pretty safe to be like a top 10. And that you're going to need that, you know, in your lineup. So, um you know, I'm not saying you have to cram him into every lineup, but he's definitely someone that should be on your radar for sure this week because he's playing well. I mean, the last few tournaments, he's in the top 10. 
this is a place he, he does well in. He's long. It's going to fit. Just, all the stars are aligning. It makes a lot of sense to play Rory this week. I also want to just quickly touch on what Z was saying with the Thursday, Friday, the two different courses. Um, it's, a, it's a really kind of solid point. And one thing just to think about is, I don't know if everyone plays like me. I like to get into my lineups. I like to follow it throughout the week. I like to have fun with it. So, like, you know, for me, on a Thursday, if I look at my lineup and I see all these guys that I may have thought about that aren't doing well or, you know, what have you, or a guy I thought about playing I didn't play and he is doing well, I'm like, want to shoot myself. I'm like, this is horrible. Why, why, why didn't I play him? I knew it. And so that's going to happen so much because it's two different courses. So it's not even, you're not even comparing the same thing. And one course is easier than the other. So we know, especially with like, what you said with the wind being a factor, we already know like that's going to be a thing. So before the end of Thursday and Friday morning come and you're shooting yourself and kicking yourself and saying, I should have done this. and should have done that. Just factor that in now. And then you'll feel good about it and you won't have to be kicking yourself. You'll be happy all weekend. Thank um, you. You honestly, yeah. just to, not to cut you off, but like, so many people love, love, love all of our family members and all the people in Discord. But it is hilarious, like six holes in to a tournament and people just being like, why didn't I play this guy? It's like, dude, like chill out. Like the whole field hasn't started yet. We're barely, we started this thing like an hour and a half ago. You guys got to relax, man. This isn't NBA. This isn't over after the this, this first half in some games. Like you have four days. Like let's calm down, guys. But I also, I'm here for the chaos. So I'm kind of here for it too, so. Listen, I'm the same. Listen, I will be the first guy that will do that. I'm guilty of it. I do the same thing, and then I'm also the same one that's like, "Why are you doing that?" Obviously, there's three more days left. <laughs> I do. I move all sides. I'm just the like, same. Someone else starts complaining. I'm like, "Appreciate there's three your more honesty." Days left. I'll say it first. Appreciate but, your honesty. You can't help it. You just, that's why we play, right? Because it's fun. We want to be in for the ride. Um, now on this range, um, Rory, let's say you know, head and shoulders above everyone else. I do like Finau a bit. Um, the, the thing that's difficult is, you know, these are all great golfers and you're not, it's hard to like fade any of them. I, I like you know, a lot this week. I just think he's a little overpriced. So it's hard to have too much of him because I would have liked him, you know, probably five to $600 cheaper. I think he would have made more sense there. It's kind of like your one B. Uh, but when he's got to be your one, a, I don't love him as much. Um, and I, I would think my, my second favorite play this week is Rom. And I, there are some injury concerns. Part of me wants to say he was just prioritizing this tournament more. So maybe it's a small injury that he just wanted to play this week and figured it better off just resting and preparing for this week. So um, I, I would say I'm definitely going to play the most of Rory, second Rom, probably not going to play too much of anyone else in the top range. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm going to fade Rory just because I've been making too much fun of him. I can't like, <laughs> I can't do that. I might bet on him, but I can't, I can't do that. So one thing I do want to point out since we've talked a lot about course history. So Roy's finished third and fifth here the last two years. Rom, second, fifth, 29th, and first. And then if we go to Tony Finau, who has probably the next best course history, I should say definitely the next best course history, sixth, 13th, sixth, and fourth. So all three of those guys are very, very comfortable on this course. And so if they're if they're leading your team, that's uh, that's fine with me. But I will say I agree with Joel. Like if Tony is your 1A, I'm not super comfortable with that one. But if it's John Rahm or, of course, uh, Rory, then you're probably good to go. And, and and by the way, it's interesting because last week, you know, we, me and Joel, we loved the $9,000 range. We loved it. And so we were willing to fade this upper crust range. It's interesting because, and we'll get to this in a second, I don't love the $9,000 range anymore. I actually like the the elite range a little bit better. So I'm going to be doing probably 
take a take a superstar and then maybe just go all the way down to the 8k range in a lot of my teams so i'm just kind of throwing that out there before we even get to uh the 9k range joel's patented hybrid stars and scrubs it sounds like can i say something yes this, you is, can. Such a, this is such a great segue um for me to self-promote so of course i was on the first cut uh yesterday with rick gaiman and uh, greg ducharme great great guys great show check it out but uh the point is they asked me how I was going to do the lineups, and Joel, I feel really bad because I didn't, I didn't like celebrate. I but I, I threw the word hybrid out, and it, you know I wasn't trying to like make a statement or anything. But I was like, you know, I think it's going to be a hybrid approach, and I and I said what I like what I just said about, and I was like, oh man. Like I basically just stole Joel's term. What am I gonna do? Like, hey, this guy with yeah. on the Win Daily show with us, you know, and so I was like, so yeah. now I'm apologizing. No, but that's literally what you say. It's like, hey, the other guy that does the golf show with me, he likes this kind of lineup. It's it, that took me like two sentences. Yeah, that's true. Listen, no, listen, it's okay. I appreciate you, you owned it. You put it here. I like that. And we're a team. Listen, put yeah. our team stuff out there. That's that's because, fine by me. I'm okay. <laughs> You know, I'm so sensitive to this stuff because I, I thought, okay, well, if I do that, and, and this is the very end of the show, like literally like the last minute of the show where I said it, and I was like, well, if they, if I do that, then they're gonna think I just tried to like like muscle my like win daily promo mm -hmm. in at the very end of the show, and it's like, ah, is that kind of cheesy? Like, so that's like literally <laughs> no. what like the, the what the mental impressions were as I was. All right, about it. we'll let anyway. this one slide. Next time you're on the show, just bring up Joel. That's all I ask. Um, no. I already appreciate everybody in the chat. Another secret weapon. Yes, sir. Great point. See, yeah, I think when you were talking about uh, Xander Shoffley, if I'm not mistaken, too Austin's funny. Austin's hair. Did Thanks, you see Austin's Charlie. hair? Oh, we'll get back to him again. Uh, we're all here to tilt 100, 100%. Uh, R-E-L-A-X. Aaron Rodgers isn't in the playoffs anymore. And Austin, I am too here for the chaos. So that's the fun part. I did just want to touch upon a couple of the... Uh, Betting odds, John Rahm has the best at 710, Rory at 875, Xander has better odds than Tony Finau, plus 1,200 versus plus 1,700, and Patrick Reed has plus 2,500, where Harris English and Hideki Matsuyama both have better odds than him, uh, and Patrick Reed's in that $10,000 range, and Matsuyama's at 9,200, so kind of interesting there. Just things to pay attention to. Just things to pay attention to. Uh, Joel, no. I don't remember. Yeah, we'll start with you, Joel. Doesn't matter. Uh, talk to me about this 9K range because it doesn't sound like Sia likes it all that much. I'm with Sia. I think I probably like it a little more than him, but for the most part, it's not going to be my heavier range. Uh, you know, there's a few guys that I'm going to sprinkle in here and there. I think what's challenging about for me for this week is there's the there's a fun there's a few obvious or more clear plays that I like up here. Maybe there's four or five guys, uh, and you just can't you know build lineups with four or five guys in this range impossible. So you just kind of have to get creative on how you're going to change things up. You know, I also, and I never want to get too much below 6,500, especially. So I'm going to be sticking to that. So it's just going to be a matter of being, you know, breaking up your lines. How much exposure of this guy do you want to play? Because you can't play them all. Uh, so with that being said, you know, in this range, I do like Harris English. You know, he's just, I like his recent form. He, he's really been coming on pretty strong. His course history here is above average, you know, not great, but it's it's not terrible. Um, I'm I'm really what I'm playing with him is, is recent form. I mean, he's uh, you know, I know it's been a while that those tournaments that he's played in, but his sixth, fifth, first, and tied for thirty second is it's just really strong. So that's what I'm looking at again. Probably not going to be too heavyweight because it's not it's going to be hard to play him with Rom and Rory. But a couple lines I like to get different. I'll put him. I'll put him in there. Um, I'm probably not going to play any of Kepka. It's just at this point, 
we need to see him in a major where he cares. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. it's not that, then he's honestly, they should start pricing him down to in the 8,000s at this point <laughs> because he's not going to do it. So we can't play him. So at least put him back, make him interesting again. And then we go up there. Okay. Now we have a decision to make. Um, uh, and then, you know, for this range, M is something, someone that, you know, he's just, he's striking the ball so well. He's certainly, I think he's a little overpriced. So I'm probably not going to be too high on him. I, I would have liked him probably $600 less, but the way he's striking the ball, you can't fade him. He's just playing too well. Um, and the last guy in this range that, you know, is on my radar that, you know, I don't love is Hideki. I think the concerns are real with CSN in the putting because it is going to be an issue. Um, but his ball striking is there. He has course history success here. So uh, if you want to take that risk, I like it. If he, uh, if he's probably the same way. If, if he was five, $600 less, I would probably have him a lot. But it's just going to be hard to get him in with a lot of those sets. Since I like the others more, he's probably just going to have to be a, a sprinkler, one or two here and there. And that makes sense. I mean, you, hard to fully fade this range. But see, you did say you were fading. And I'm reading some of these names. I mean, you're driving the bus of that Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, mm-hmm. um, Colin Morikawa, you know, that that triumvirate, as you always like to talk about them. No love for them. Uh, two of those guys this week? Not really. Uh, so first of all, I, I agree with Harris English. I actually like Harris English a lot. I, I'm a little worried because... On paper, Harris English looks like really good. He's literally gaining strokes everywhere, off the tee, on approach, around the green, and putting. And I just said at the beginning of the show, I'm looking for somebody that has like that complete package. My fear is that's the exact same thing I thought of Russell Henley last week. And he missed the cut and honestly wasn't even really that close down the stretch to making the cut. So I'm, I'm a little like skittish on on because Henley was one of like two or three guys last week where I was it was Cantley, it was Answer and Henley where I was like, these are very safe guys with some upside. So I, I like Harris English so much that I'm, I'm almost like now like scaring myself away from it. But he really has all the tools in the bag. And, and, and for the record. You're right, Joel. Some of those finishes were before the break, but one of them was after. It was the Century Tournament of Champions, which he won. So, like, recent form, whether it's before the break or after the break, is is really kind of excellent. Um, so, I like Harris English a lot. I, I, I see. Let me, Go ahead. Uh-huh. let me just add to that real quick. The one thing I will say with your Henley comparison is, you're right, that's a good point, but he's just a better golfer than Henley. So, you're, he's mm-hmm. overall, you're, it's a better... You're, I, I mean, I liked your Henley play last week, too, but... Um, I wouldn't come off him as much this week just because he's just an overall better player. So yeah. therefore, I think he's a little bit safer for that perspective. Yeah, I think English can actually win this tournament. If some, if a couple of those guys that we like falter up top, namely Rory and Rom, I think English, to me, English is is probably the next best guy to win this thing. If, from, if I was making the odds, obviously I wouldn't make them like that. But I mean, I, I really think Harris English might be third in line here uh, for this particular tournament. So uh, just to ahead. actually give you those odds, he's fifth in line at plus 2,200 um, for mm-hmm. to, to win the tournament. So again, he's he's ahead of guys that are in that 10K range yeah. uh, by a bit too. So so the rest of the 9K range, okay, listen, Sungjae, I'm not usually on Sungjae. I'm just going to skip over him. He's obviously in good form. He let us down a couple weeks ago, but he was good last week. Kepka, like, no. Uh, also, he changed his coach. Like, maybe that'll help him. I'm not really sure. But his game isn't in, in form. So, no thank you. So, Victor Hovland is interesting. I love Victor Hovland. I'll have him in one or two lineups out of, like, you know, 15 or 16 that I make. You, again, mostly I'm doing single entry, three max, a couple cash games. The problem is Hovland doesn't have the best short game. And so, it's improved. But I, it's just not – he's a great ball striker. It's just not somebody I want to lean on in this particular tournament. Again, I'll have one or two shares, but I usually love Hovland, like you said, not for me. Matthew Wolf. the interesting thing there is that he just didn't – he was so erratic last week. I just 
there were so many times where he swung and you know off the tee and he's just like basically letting his club go and he just it's just it was such a, it was kind of it's one of those eye test things where I looked at it and I'm like oh man I don't think I can take this guy next week even though he suits this course really well I just think he's still a little rusty needs another tournament or two under his belt and by the way before the break he was also kind of rusty he was playing kind of poorly so I just don't think his game is is back to where it should be yet Hideki I'm just not going to take for a couple reasons one he's he's already popular because again we, we, same song and dance about Hideki great ball striker I mean he could win this thing he's going to win eventually and it's by the way been like three or four years now so it's just not a guy I'm going to get behind and by the way his track record here it's pretty good I mean 45th last year but third 12th 33rd before that but I don't know, I, you know, 41st at the Century Tournament of Champions, 19th at the Sony. Like for a guy that's this amazing ball striker, it never really comes through. And now we have to rely on his putting a little bit too, because that's going to have more weight. No, thank you. So again, Harris English. And by the way, I was just making a team, as Joel was saying, um, you know, take, let's say, let's say we take Rory and Harris English. What you're left with in DraftKings is 7,300. So that that does kind of tie your hands a little bit, but if you like a couple like seven thousand guys and a couple seventy seven hundred guys or something in that range, you could make it work. I mean, it's not necessarily something I'm recommending, but you know, again, we'll we'll talk about the seven k range. You can if you it, you can probably fit an eight k guy and a few low seven k guys, and you know, you can mess around with it there. It's possible at least. It's possible. Obviously, it is difficult though when you have over what. What twenty thousand? Well over twenty thousand. If you're especially if you're taking Rom mm -hmm. and uh, Harris English, who if I just want to make sure he is at ninety eight hundred. Yeah. So essentially, you're taking twenty one thousand of your salary and uh, putting into those two guys. But again, you need the guys at the top. There's a reason that they're priced that high. All right. See, so yeah, let's uh, let's hop back to you. Talk to me a little bit about this eight K range and am I betting Siwoo Kim again? Because hey man, I got fifty four dollars that I can just ride on over. I'm in. You know it. Siwoo is the type of personality that probably could win it back to back. He, he's kind of like when he's dialed in, he's dialed in. And when he's not dialed in, he ruins your lineup. And that's what I said last week too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately I pulled him from a lot of lineups late. I mean, I still had him in a couple places, but shame on me for that. And I pulled him for, I don't even want to talk about who I pulled him for. You have to tell us now. Eric Van Royen on a couple and uh, Sam Burns on a couple more. Yeah. I, had, I had zero shares of Sam Burns literally until about 20 minutes before lock. And, and I was like, you know what? Let me put him in some of my more expensive lineups. Like, what am I doing? What is that? I don't even know what that <laughs> yeah. is. So, okay. So listen, I'll be pretty quick here. I don't like a lot of the guys at the top of this 8K range. I do like Siwoo. I don't love him, but but I, I think he's a fine play. I like Cameron Smith a lot. Um, it looks like he's going to be owned at around 10%. He doesn't grade out super well if you look at the strokes gain metrics. There's nothing that really jumps off the page. But what I like about Cam Smith the most is he's really much better on more difficult courses and on these like resort courses where he was just on i think it was at the sony like he, he didn't have a, a very good result at all i think he's kind of like a grinder and i think this is like a, a really good setup for him and by the way remember it just the masters he finished second like so he's obviously capable of, of winning a, a bigger event like this um ryan palmer i like quite a bit i mean ryan palmer his history at this course is amazing his recent history is amazing his ball striking metrics in particular are amazing there's no reason not to take him and by the way everybody else knows that too because he's tracking at around 20 percent. but this is the this is the quote good chalk to eat in my opinion definitely in cash and i'll definitely have him in a lot of tournaments i won't overdo it but i'll have him in a lot of tournaments other than that i'll let joel go from here i mean I don't think I'm going to be on Adam Scott. I may be on Will Zalatoris. Um, he is an up-and-comer. 
he doesn't have a huge sample size for us to draw from in terms of like rounds and and, and to you know pull the strokes gain data that that we we want to pull but He's really good ball striking. He's kind of iffy in the short game department, but it, the last couple tournaments, he's actually been a lot better there. So I think Will Zalatoris is a pretty smart play, and he's probably going to be under 10%. So he's going to he's gonna get you some leverage in your lineups. I love it. Yeah, just looking now. Um, Joel, let's go to you, but uh, I do want to start with Ryan Palmer. He looks a little bit more expensive. Isn't he usually down that 7K range? Now he's up to 8,400. Well, hold on before you go, because I actually happen right. to know these exact numbers. So he was 7,000 two weeks ago, and he dominated. He finished fourth. And then he jumped up to 9,200. Now, again, the composition of, yeah. uh, of you know, it, is different. But so so actually, Joel, please answer this question. But it was 7,000, then 9,200. Now it's back down to 8,400. I actually think 8,400 is finally like where he should be. If you recall, mm. when he was 7,000, we were all like, this is disrespectful. Like, what are we even doing yeah, here? He's a good player. You so guys have is actually the, the wheelhouse where, where he should be. But Joel, you tell me. I think what happened the other week when he was at like 9,200 was it was just a different field. And mm -hmm. he was, I think he yeah. was, they, they were adjusting his price accordingly. And it was because they didn't have a lot of top guys. I think this is probably about an accurate pricing now for him, right? So you're right. It was disrespectful. Our friends at DraftKings listened to our show. Thank they heard you. us and they Thank were you. like, we apologize. And they fixed it, so now he's back where he should be. Um, I think what's interesting about with him right this week is this: the history's there. Like you know, if he was seven thousand this week, I would just probably play him in every lineup because it's, this doesn't make any sense. Now that he's priced right, and put that on top of the fact that everybody's playing him, I'm almost like a little turned off to him. I'm, you know, I'm not going to fade him because of the history. You know how I feel about history, so definitely not going to fade him. Well, history but, between you and him, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah. That's exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> I meant course history, but of both, course. both count. No. Both count. Don't lie. Um, but you know, it's it's the really high ownership and the price tag that's just like it's giving me two reasons to maybe not play him in a GPP, and that's kind of what I'm looking. at. And there's some other guys in this range that I like a lot. So with that being said, he's a good play. That is just more like GPP strategy than it is like as a golfer this week. I like him. There's nothing mm -hmm. not to like about him. It's just more like a lot of people are playing him. His price is coming up. Maybe it's time to get a little different on him because, you know, people are starting to come around. I don't know. Could be the wrong play. That's a little bit where I'm leaning right now. I could change my mind by Wednesday night. But as of right now, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Now, there's a player right above him who I love this week. I don't think he's going to win the tournament again because he won it last year. Um, but he was he fell apart last year. He was terrible. He completely went off everyone's radar. And now, don't look, but no one's mentioning him. His recent form is good. I mean, he's, he's the last couple of tournaments he's played, and he's played really well. And he won it last year. Obviously, he can play well on this course. Mark Leishman should be back on our radar. I mean, he's a, this guy was a guy who's a top-tier golfer um, you know, in the past. With the context that he fell apart last year, we all saw it. He wasn't playable for most of the year. But I think he's back on the right track, and I just think he's getting overlooked because he was so down for so long. Uh, but now's the time, right? Because what's going to happen is he puts up another top five, top ten finish this week. Now he's back on your radar again because he's doing it consistently. So I think here's his play. Now let's see what, what the ownership looks like before Thursday because people might start coming around to him as well. But if he stays you know, less than 15 10% owned, he's probably going to be my favorite play of the week because um, you know it's not just it, – like I said, it's not just last year. He's first last year, 43rd to 19. Okay, tied for 8th in 2018, 20th in 2017. And then if you want to go to his recent history – he didn't play last week, but at the Sony, he was tied for fourth. And the tournament before that, he was tied for 24th. So 
this is a guy who's back. I mean, he's definitely playing good golf. I love him. Absolutely love him. So um, I would kind of put him up right now as one of my favorite plays of the week. And there's a few other guys in this range we can target. I think another person that might be getting overlooked this week is Jason Day, right? I think we saw a lot last year. Jason Day was um, coming on strong. He, he was a similar – he was like a, a year later of Leishman. He kind of fell apart the year before. Mm-hmm. People completely started fading him. Then he started coming back on, right? And now people are getting back on Day. You know, he's always at risk with injury in his back. because He could pull out of the tournament on day two. That could always happen with him. But we've seen now he's getting back to his top tens and top fives. He's been pretty consistent. And if you want me just to read a couple stats off for you, last year he got time for 16th, 2019 time for 5th, and he won it in 2018. So he's got a great course history. Uh, the only issue with Day is that he's 8,600, and it's just hard to fit in him, English, Rory, Romer. You just got to pick. Uh, but, you know, we're giving you five or six guys who I think are really good contenders up in this range. And now it's just up to you on how you want to build your lineups. Um, and then, the, the you know, we, we touched on Palmer. I, I like Smith a lot. I'm with C on that. Um, I, I don't see any issues with Billy Horschel. Not the one I, I don't love him. I'm not going to play him a ton. But I think he could be a good guy. He's probably, for me, a little overpriced. But I do think he could do well here. So totally fine to play. And, and I, I'm with C. I think the big factor for me on Zalatoris is ownership. Um, if, if we're looking at him at less than, you know, 3%, some really low ownership, I like him a lot because he does have upside and he's a really good golfer. Um, if people are want to play him, they want to get cute and say, you know, he's the up and comer that I'm going to play and he's 10, 15% on. It's just too much of a risk. Not worth it. Yeah. And I think it's going to be right in between that, by the way, I think you're I, like, if I had to guess, it's going to settle between eight and 9%. There you go. And just, uh, if anyone's curious, you have a dollar Mark Leishman plus 41.50. To win the tournament right below Sung J M, right ahead of Adam Scott, Siwoo Kim, and Billy Horschel. So, so my recommendation for Leishman and, and one of like my favorite players, and we'll get to it in the betting section. Uh, like we say, picking someone to win a tournament is like it's fun, but it's impossible. He's a play. Like, this is a real player. Let's pick him to, to win a tournament. I was gonna say <laughs> it's impossible, man. Like, what do you do? And your co-host over here, granted, he doesn't give you credit when credit is due. So I respect Listen. you, you know, the spite you're throwing at him, but come on, man. <laughs> Listen, no, that's not spite. That's Sia happens to be really good at it, right? Okay. So if you're gonna follow Sia's picks every week, then you're gonna make a lot of money. However, um, what's more <laughs> safe, like you're not okay, but in all seriousness, you're not gonna bet a hundred dollars on somebody to win the golf tournament every week. That's just a waste of your money. I do think it's a really good value bet to bet Leishman to be a top, whatever they offer, top 20, top 30. Um, you're going to get odds on it, and he's shown he can do it. He's in that form right now. That's the bet I want to make this week, and then you can bet a real unit on it opposed to like a dollar because that's something that can, that can actually happen. Mark Leishman plus 450, top 10. I love that. I, I would probably I, – I, I prefer to be more conservative. I, I prefer to go top 20 or 30. Um because I, I I just I want to win, and if I you know if, if, if whatever if I'm going to bet a hundred dollars, if that means it's going to pay out two hundred, happy to take that. One seventy five. Uh, because when he gets twelfth and I pick top ten, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> One seventy five for a top twenty. There so okay. there you go. That's a solid underdog in the NFL. That's what we always like to say. Just compare it to that, and it's like, wait a second, like that that makes sense. Um, oh, Charlie sent us a lineup. Hell yeah, Charlie. What do we got? English. Leishman, Smith, Zalatoris, Davis, Clark. Oh, Wyndham Clark. That's interesting. I, I, I was going to, it's funny. I was going to get to Cam Davis. That's, that's the next guy I was going to talk about. I, I do like him. Um, I'm not, I'll just full disclosure. I'm not as big on Leishman as Joel. Um, I just think he's a little too erratic, but 
he's certainly got the upside. He showed it last year. He, I will say in his win last year, he gained a ton of strokes putting, like a ridiculous number. But again, to Joel's point, he's actually been re like really good lately, kind of like the old Mark Leishan. Even at the Masters, he was he was pretty solid there too. I think he was a top 10 there. So um, I, I like for me, Joel, you, you tell me what you think of this lineup. I think this lineup has plenty of upside. I don't think I'm going to be on Wyndham Clark or Mark Leishman, but, but I like the other ones. Joel, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're playing a GPP, a guy like Wyndham Clark could be a winner. I don't want to get you off him and have him do well. So, like, he's a fine player. I'm not going to say – I'm not going to be playing too much of him myself. I think there's some other guys even in that range that I would prefer that we'll go over in a minute. But other than that, I think it's a really solid lineup. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Anybody else? Again, send us over your lineups. This is what we're here to do. We love doing this. Now, I'm actually curious because this is interesting. He completely faded that top-tier range. No no Rory, mm. no John Rahm. And that obviously allowed him to fit Leishman Smith and Zalatoris in there. Um, Joel, how do you feel about that? I, I know you're very heavy on um, on Rory, but this is definitely an opportunity to be able to fit a couple more of those 8K guys in when, you know, I'm, I'm kind of build a lineup along as we go and just looking Rory, Cam Smith, and Mark Leishman only leaves me 72-66 with three players left, so it does make it a lot more difficult. So I'll say, the look of this lineup looks good. There's nothing wrong with it. My builds look a little bit more top-heavy, and, you know, I, because of that, I just can't afford to have too much of the Zalatoris and Davis and Smiths because I'm going to play a little bit more Rory, Roms, and things like that. Um, but I think that the look of this lineup is good, and this is a lineup that, that I would feel good about. That type of a build would be fine by me. Also, Charlie, let us know where you're entering that. If th this is a million maker lineup or if this is a nice single entry GPP or something, definitely let us know that yeah, way it, a little bit more information. And that's a better lineup for probably like a million maker, like a bigger tournament. If you're doing mm -hmm. single entry, I probably wouldn't do it like that. Um, and by the way, uh, I, I happen to not like Leishman very much, but to Joel's point, I, I do kind of like Jason Day. I'm kind of warming up to him. So I think if, if you were going to swap anything out, if it was my team, I would probably swap out Leishman for Jason Day. And then there you go. go from there. There you go. All right. See, so yeah, you said you were going to talk uh, a little Cam Davis, you said, right? Yeah, Cam Davis. I mean, the thing about Cam Davis, his course history here isn't very good. I mean, he's made cuts, but he's finished, you know, 36th or worse the three years he's been here. So, but with that said, you know, he's kind of a younger guy. You know, th these guys sometimes come into their own three, four years later. So I'm not going to necessarily hold that against him too much. I mean, he, he obviously he's got the experience, but he was third at the American Express last week. Uh, I like that. He gained a ton putting too, you know, kind of an unrealistic number putting. So there's something to be said for that in terms of a downgrade. But this is a guy that's a really long hitter. And, and, and I want to value, I don't usually value off the tee. I don't usually value distance as much as most people. But I think if Cam Davis can really get the off the tee number there, then I think Cam Davis is especially coming off a third. And he was 31st at the Sony. Before that, before the break, he, he wasn't particularly good. But he just fits this course so well that I like him. The one thing I'll say about it, and I'm going to look at his ownership number. Yeah, he's creeping up to 20%. If that's the case, I'm not going to be on Cam Davis. That That's like your classic. Anytime you're in the 7K range, and this is like almost a rule of thumb. Anytime you're in the 7K range and somebody's like 20% or 19% like Sam Burns was last week, you should probably find a pivot elsewhere, especially in a tournament. And so Cam Davis might be a guy I might have to get off. You might want to play him in cash. Go ahead, Joel. Let me help you with that right now. I'm with you. And I'm in the exact same mindset that you are with him. It's just like, he's a good play, but at 20%, it just, he's not like that safe. It doesn't seem worth the value of 20. There's a guy at the exact same price who's also a very long hitter who's right mm -hmm. below him that's just getting played low because he didn't get third last week in a tournament in Cameron Champ. It's like, it's an easy pivot and much lower ownership that does a lot of the same things. He's long hitter. He just because he didn't get third last week, he's going to be lower owned. So I think that's how I would go in GPPs. 
It's true, and I'm not a Cam Champ guy, but he has a better course history here than Cam Davis. I mean, he was 16th here last year, so there's something to be said for that. Um, the rest of these guys in the 7K range, you know, I'll just talk about the guys I like. I actually like Sam Burns this week. I didn't like him last week, even though I put him in a couple like heavy hitter lineups for some reason. I like I don't yeah. even know what to say. What are you doing, man? It's like embarrassing, basically. Actually, I have somebody to blame for that, but his name shall uh, it, I'm just forget it. Like, forget Is I even Mr. brought. Coat? Is it What's Mr. That? Coat? I miss him. I hope he's doing well. Oh. Chris, yeah, I was mm. texting him the other day, but he's been dropping our show. He doesn't, he doesn't. You got to do another uh, grid of death thing, I think, get his attention. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, if I have to, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> uh, I like Sam Burns. He 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 kind of fits that Cam Davis mold where he's he's a long hitter. Honestly, he's 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 his whole game is is actually pretty good. So I like Sam Burns. He's looking like he's going to be less than fifteen percent because he burns some people. It's still a little chalky, but not nearly as bad. I mean, right now it's like thirteen percent. Um, Let's see. The rest of this guy's in the 7K range. I'll tell you what. I'll stop at 7,500. I don't really like it. Carlos Ortiz, I kind of like. I think he's kind of a risk-reward play. But I think Carlos Ortiz measures out pretty well for this course. But I'll tell you what, Joel. Why don't you go down to the 7,500 range, and then we'll, we'll kick it down from there. Yeah, I think we can do this range pretty quickly. Like I said, you know, I think Champ is just a good pivot from Davis. I think they're both pretty even. By the 20% ownership and a coin flip, give me Champ. I don't think with a better course history – um, I think that that's interesting. Another another guy that's interesting right now um, to look at it is Francisco Molinari. Is he back? Right, he disappeared for a while. He got a top ten last week. You know, he, he's back here. He's, he's affordable. He used to be kind of elite. You know, so I think he could be interesting play here. Um, you know, his, his course history is is okay. Um, not really great, but you know, he's got a tie for fourteenth four years ago, so it's it's okay. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't go overweight on him, but I think he, he, he's playable at least. You know, a guy that we probably haven't mentioned too much on our show in the history, other than the Masters, to talk about the, the time against Tiger. Like, he might be someone that, that you can put back in your lineup. So, again, not overweight, but I think someone that you could have some exposure to. A guy I like a lot that I'm coming off of today a little bit because it looks like his ownership is going to be higher than I would have liked is Gary Woodland. So, Gary Woodland is, you know, a year ago today would have been 8,800 or 9,000, right? So at this price, he looks really good. And it looks like he might be turning a quarter in terms of um, his form, right? He, he got tied for 16th last week. Is he back? I don't know. It's been one tournament. It's hard to say he's back yet after one tournament. But this is a guy who's a better golfer than this price tag. Um, and, you know, is this a guy that we can catch on the up back, right? And at this price, you need to catch him now because if he gets a top 15 this week, He's going to be up into the mid-8,000s again. So uh, for that reason, I am going to play a good amount of him um, because he's a lineup builder, right? Because I can get a guy who I feel like could be my maybe like, you know, third guy at the fourth or fifth guy's price. Um, now, I'm going to have to eat some of that chalk, which is why I turned off to him a little bit. If he was, you know, under 10%, he would be a no-brainer for me. But if he gets up closer to 15, 20, it's not as, it's not as valuable with him there. I think CM made a lot of good points about Burns. Another guy in the same, in a similar vein as Burns is Jason Cockrack. Uh, he's another long hitter. He's a guy that, you know, is, is in our same elk of Ryan Palmer, Joel Dahman, Young Ann, right? He gets those birdies. Now, this is going to be a hard course, so there's not as many opportunities for that. So it's a, I guess, you know, it's a little less valuable, but um, he's going to have the length. And he also does have a, a, you know, he's done well here before. No top tens, but. Well enough, right? 21, 20, 25. So he's consistently competing. And at this price, that's all you need, right? If you get the winner, two of the top fives, and then a guy like at 20th at this price, you can win some money. So 
Um, I certainly like targeting him. And then uh, I, I come from there. I'm kind of with you. The last guy uh, in this range up to 75 that, that, that I like that I'll mention is Charles Howell III. Um, again, he's a really good golfer. He competes in these tournaments. He's not something to shy away from. He missed the cut last week, which I'm hoping and I'm thinking will turn some people off to him. But if you look at his recent history before that, he's been – he was on a pretty good run, uh, tied for 19th, tied for 23rd, tied for 30th. So I think he's a good person that, that, that you can go back to your here. And like we were saying, we're going to need a, a handful of these guys if we're going to be squeezing Rory and Rom and English into our lineup. So I think he's certainly one that's in play. Love it. All right. So you want to take us uh, from 7,500 down. Max Homa, you, you said you weren't on him. And I saw him on the leaderboard last week. He was awesome. He was awesome, and I don't think I'm convinced yet. And mm. and I'll say I'll I'll say the same for Woodland. I, I actually Woodland. I think there's a better argument, um, but I'm not going to be on Homa or Woodland this week. Uh, but I, but I will say, I mean, to Joel's point, he's actually become really popular because, by the way, his course history is really good here. Uh, I mean, so so and he performed well last week. You know, he was injured last year, and so that I think was was part of it in terms of him being just really bad at golf. So maybe he's turned it around. I, I don't think we've mentioned Jordan Spieth's name. I don't even remember what his price is. Is, but just full disclosure, I will not be on Jordan Speed this week. And if we're if go ahead, seventy six hundred. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's seventy six hundred too much. And it's funny because you know these these kind of like popular names, I feel like they need to get brought up. There was somebody in the Discord chat last week. It was like late Wednesday night when we were talking about um just like final lineups and, and looking at lineups. Sicily Kid was in there. A lot of the subscribers, you name it. And somebody was like bullish on Phil Mickelson. And um, I literally like had to type. I was like, dude, you're kind of like. I'm going to put you in timeout. Like there's no <laughs> Phil Mickelson talk here. Like you cannot play Phil Mickelson. And he actually went ahead and played him. And I was like, I don't know what to, I'm just didn't work? to tell you. <laughs> no, it didn't work. I didn't think he's so. Awful. So anyway, I mean, well, I, I have a lot of respect for Phil, but like, he's, you know, he's not, he's this, like a hundred years old now. He it's belongs on the senior tour at this point, unfortunately. Cause yeah. I, I'm, I mean, listen, if I were him, I'd probably be playing both tours too, but like, it's, it's not the PGA, you're picking Phil Mickelson, the PGA needs him on this tour though. It's yeah, kind of like one of those things. No fans. They don't get all that money. You put Phil Mickelson's name there. People will watch. My grandpa's going to watch because Phil Mickelson's there. He's not watching because Jordan Spieth's there. My grandpa's 80 years old. So like he, he's watching the guys that he's been watching for the last 30 years. He's going to keep watching Phil. Just how it That's is. fair. That's actually a decent point. So, okay. So the rest of the 7,000 range, Joel Dahman, I, I kind of like, I, I'm not going to say he's a great course fit here, but you know, at 7,300, he's a guy that can get hot and just kind of take you through Sunday. Um, I like him. Doug Gim. So we were on him two weeks ago. We weren't on him much last week. Unfortunately, it was last week where he shined. I think he finished fifth last week at the American Express. He missed the cut the week before that. So, but his ball striking has actually been really good. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's not a long hitter. But he's not a super short hitter either. He can get it to like 300, 305. He's, his driving accuracy is good. Ball striking is good. So I like Doug Gim. I think Sepp Strzok is interesting. A classic like boomer bust play. But if he's on, and he wasn't on last week, so so people won't be on him. He'll definitely be under 5% as I look at the numbers. He'll settle under 5%. But yeah, I think Sepp Strzok is one of those plays like a, in a Millie Maker lineup. Um, maybe not in a single entry. That's probably a little too risky. Maybe in a three max, you might, might want to consider him in one lineup. But like in a, in a big MME, I think Sepp Straka should be in some of your lineups. And then finally, John Huh. Like he's got one of those like 
unfortunately one of those names where like he just doesn't have the appeal. Like people never want to be like, yeah, I got Rory, I got Adam Scott, I got Jason Day and John Hunt. Like they they don't want to finish it with John Hunt. It's the same problem with Doug Gim and Tom Hoagie and Tom Lewis and all these guys. It's like, I'm telling you, this is a thing. It might only affect percentages by like one, one and a half percent. But I'm just saying people don't want to roster guys that have the name John Huh. And yet John Huh, his last three tournaments have produced three top 25s. So he is there, the ball, and it's not smoke and mirrors. The ball striking is there. If you look at his last however many rounds, handful of rounds, like 16, 20, 24, the ball striking is there. He's a he's a good golfer. Uh, last year, he didn't play a lot, and that's why his name really isn't in our – we're not super familiar with the name, at least recently we're not. It wasn't because he was poor – it wasn't poor playing. It was just he wasn't really around until I think October of last year. So that pretty much closes out the 7K range of guys I like. I love it. Yeah, John Haas. I heard him coming up a lot in the Discord, which was really interesting because, yeah, mm -hmm. did pretty well, especially the last few weeks. Uh, all right, we are down to the 6K range. Then we're going to be breaking down some bets, some first-round leaders, and some outrights. Joel, we'll start with you for the 6K range. Um, I'm looking at a lineup now. I'm building it along. I did take Rory because I think it would be funny if – if I win with him, the, the joke's on him. If I lose with him, the joke's on him still. So, like, it's this whole thing that I'm playing out in my head. I, I have no way to lose with Rory in there. Cameron Smith, John Huh, and Mark Leishman leaves me with about 7,400 per player. Of course, we're going to get see a secret weapon, so that allows me to actually maneuver around a little bit. But who are some of the guys that you like in that 6K range? So I'm going to be pretty light in this range. Um, before we dive in, I think Sia made a good point. I, do, I want to just ask Sia a quick question. So, Sia... Um, Max Homa, I, I you know only know of him to be honest with you is of the summer on. I never really knew who he was before that. Was Homa when he was in his because I know he had an off year when he was in his peak. Was he ever a eight thousand price to golfer nine thousand two or three years ago or was he never really in that range? Uh, no, he was. I I think it was the very beginning of last year where actually he was pretty good. I'm looking at his course history. He was ninth here last year. Um, yeah, it was the beginning of 2020 where he was pretty good and he was he was he was right about below this 7400. I think he was right around this range when when he was good. Okay. He never but to your to your question, no, I don't think he ever got to that 8000 8200 okay. range. Okay. Cuz yeah, I think he's always been like the way I've always viewed him is like a good value in this range. I wonder if he was ever just a better golfer that maybe his price came down, but it feels like he's a good value in this. Range. I kind of still feel the same way about him this week. Um don't love him, a good value maybe in this range. If ownership's going to be really high, I don't like him at all. That's kind of how I feel with Matt. I mean, you know, I think he would be like a sneakier play if, if it was lower, but but if not, anyway, to the side, this range, going down to the 6,000s, um, few guys I like mainly at the top here. I think Tom Hogue is a really good play. You know, he does have a, a fifth last year and a tied for 12 three years ago. So with good course history in the 6,000s, we're going to need to find if there's only a few of these guys. So for me, I'm probably going to be a little heavier on the lower price guys because I'm going to mix and match him with the higher price guys a bit more. So he, he's going to be in my, in my pie, uh, Norlander as well. As you guys know, I overplay Norlander admittedly. So back to that. I can't help myself. I like him. Uh, <laughs> I just do. He's good form. Doesn't have much of a course history, but, um, I, I look at him as a guy that could very easily be in the mid sevens. So maybe a little bit of a discount and it will help me kind of squeeze in Rory and some of those guys this week. Um, and then the last couple guys in this range that I'm going to mention, I'm going to say Patrick Rogers, and I think it's okay to go back to uh, Hickok this week as you know two kind of punts, low percentages. Um, but you know my, my two more favorite plays in this range are going to be um, 
JB Holmes, almost strictly course history. He hasn't played anything really recently, but he has a really good course history in tied for 16th last year, missed the cut, fourth, tied for 33rd, tied for sixth. So if you want to try and catch lightning in the bottle with somebody who has done well here, I think that's a certainly good play. A GP play play, definitely not a cash play. But uh, our fan favorite in this range, and the guy that we're going to go to is drum roll, please. Uh, Harry Higgs. Harry let's Higgs. Go. Listen, <laughs> the guy's back. COVID's over. Let's He's go. Back at it. He looked kind of good last week that he went out. I'm in. Let's play him. Let's get him. Let's dial him up. Our sweet prince is back. Henry Harry Higgs. God damn. I am so glad you said that. Scored 94 DraftKings points last week. So that's actually is pretty solid. 25 birds. I mean, that's what we're looking for. I don't care where you finish. You finished 30 something, but shit, man. I'm so happy you brought up their sweet prince. That is fantastic. <laughs> he, has to, he has to walk the 7,700 yard uh, South course, right? He doesn't get an exemption, does he? That's not very nice. That's, I'm just that's asking. Not very nice. Nice. Joel and I don't appreciate <laughs> when you make fun of our fan favorite. That's all I'm gonna say. We don't appreciate it. We understand where that is coming from. I've seen his fat slob, but like we're not gonna say that. That's ridiculous. Well, um, don't forget, there's gonna be really windy, so it's gonna help push him along the course. So it should be fun. Look at that. Maybe oh, just lay down. He could just roll. The wind can take him. Yeah. That'll be perfect. Wow. That was yeah. too far. My <laughs> He's my favorite. You don't you don't tell me what to do. So that is Joel's 6K range. We are moving over to Sia's 6K range, who he's liking. But of course, as you all know, Sia's secret weapon, 27 and 2. 27 and 2. Yeah. 27 and 2. We had Hickok last week. Um, I didn't cash in my lineups because Scotty Scheffler kind of dicked me, but whatever, it happens. What are you gonna do? Um, but Hickok did relatively well, especially for someone in that. 6k range under 5% owned. Sia is the king at this, not only picking outrights, but also at picking these golfers that make your lineup so, so, so much easier. And especially what we've been talking about, we have a couple guys up top that we really like. So if there's a way that we can fit one of them in a little easier, this is a good way to do it. So you're not going to get that here, as you all know already. WindailySports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in our expert Discord chat. And that is where you can get see a secret weapon. And I love it. Sunday or Wednesday night, all you see is SW, SW, SW. Everybody's just asking, not yet, guys, not yet, guys, not yet, guys. Still not. Like at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, guys, it doesn't come out to like seven o'clock at night. SW, SW. So it's always <laughs> fun. So you're uh your fan, you're a fan favorite now. So yeah, hopefully. Crossing my fingers, you don't even know who it is yet. So I think that's yeah. the fun part. You find out tomorrow when you do a little bit more research, but Joel. I'm really hoping it's Mr. Henry Harry Higgs, but we'll we'll get there. Who else do you like in this? I, I can tell you categorically, uh, it's not going to be Harry Higgs. Oh, I'm very sorry to break that news. Damn it! You know, I was almost thinking about making it Kramer Hickok again, the first back-to-back -back, uh, uh, secret oh. weapon, but because we'll uh, he's he's super low owned uh, as it turns out. But uh, I probably won't do that. Uh, you'll have to stay tuned to Discord though. Maybe I will. Back to back, Bill. Okay, <laughs> listen, uh, Luke List. Uh, uh, listen, okay. First of all, you're in the 6K range. You are looking for upside, and and the more you look for upside in the 6K range, the more you're probably going to get a guy that's either going to pay off that upside or like completely crash and burn. And I think Luke List is like sort of the, the 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 perfect illustration of that. Luke List was really bad last year, maybe the last couple of years actually. But it, interestingly, his course history here isn't that bad. And actually, last week. He was pretty good. So, I mean, maybe he's kind of getting this his game back from a couple years ago when he was sort of like an up-and-comer. Super long hitter, which is really going to suit him well three out of the four days on this south course. So, Luke List, I think, is 
a guy that has plenty of upside. Uh, you know, I probably won't have him in a single entry, but the the bigger ones, I, I might have a couple shares of Luke List. Kramer Hickok, I like. Ball striking has been great. Uh, he finished, you know, pretty well last week. Peter Malnati is one of another one of those boomer bust guys. If I'm comparing Malnati to List, I probably like List a little bit more. But I just wanted to bring up Malnati because at 6,800, you know, in a Millie Maker lineup, I think he can put together some rounds. And so it, uh, he could also go like plus seven. So Richie Warinsky, however, is not really that boomer bust guy. I mean, Richie Warinsky is like pretty solid. I mean, if, I think if you're looking for a cut maker, kind of a, a safe guy, nobody's safe in this range. But he is one of the safer guys in this range. His ball striking has been really, really good. His recent form is good. I haven't seen – I don't recall what his – what his track record was on this course. So we can look at that in a second. Uh, I'll just mention a couple other names because you're really kind of like bottom of the barreling it here. You know, there's a couple guys I, I would normally like, but they're probably too short. Like Kyle Stanley has some potential with the ball striking, but he's probably too short to play here. Scott Stallings uh, has a decent course history here and he hasn't been good for a while, but you know, he's a guy to take a shot at. Christopher, Christopher Ventura uh, is another guy to take a shot at. Will Gordon at 6,300. Remember we talked about him like a year ago when he was like good for a few weeks or maybe even a couple months. He's 6,300 now. Um, I think he was okay last week. You know, the ball striking wasn't terrible. So that's something to consider. And then we're getting down to the to the bottom of the barrel. But at 6,100, I noticed Ryan Brem. I think he was a, he was a recent withdrawal like a week ago or two weeks ago. He hits it a mile. Again, I don't ever recommend putting a 6,100 guy in there, but I put Isaiah McKenzie in my lineup in, in DraftKings uh, for the Bills last week, and actually that paid off. So sometimes these punts can actually uh, can actually help you out, especially if it's – and it, it was a single bullet in the, in the Millie Maker, by the way, which, by the way, I was potentially going to win a million dollars for if Josh Allen – that's not a joke. I had Tyree Kill, I had Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, which was nothing, Josh Allen, Isaiah McKenzie – um, I can't remember uh, somebody else who like completely went off, but getting Kelsey Valdez and Tyreek Hill. Oh, I had Valdez Scantling as well. I had Valdez Scantling, Tyreek Hill, and Kelsey, and, and most people weren't making lineups like that because you couldn't, you basically couldn't do that unless you took Scotty Miller and Isaiah McKenzie and some of these three thousand guys, which I did. So he targeted Isaiah McKenzie a second time in the end zone, but it was just like a bad throw because Josh Allen sucked or yeah. sucks again apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I, I ended up finishing like um really kind of like kind of near the top but of course it was like a i was like a thousand yeah. but i would have passed everybody if i had another one of those touchdowns but that's my that's my um ryan brem story for you that's yeah. what's so fun and disappointing about million makers is like you can literally on the last drive have a legitimate chance of winning a million dollars and end up winning 10 or five and you're yeah. like oh <laughs> that's so disappointing yeah I <laughs> I, I, it's funny, a single bullet. I think I ended up winning 200 bucks, which is like oh, that's, actually that's pretty really good. good. But, really but, good to your, but to your point, another throw, even if it was to digs, I would have gotten somewhere like in the top, maybe 50 or yeah. 75. I mean, but to Isaiah McKenzie, I would have like passed. I mean, the, the person who won was 18 points better than me. I mean, that's 236,000 yeah, people. Yeah. I passed how many thousand with just a Josh Allen to McKenzie touchdown? It's crazy. That's incredible. I love it. Anyway. I think it's amazing. So that is our DFS breakdown of the Farmers Insurance Open. Some of these names of these tournaments are getting pretty boring for me. I'm not going to lie, guys. The American Express last week, that's just a credit card. It's just a credit <laughs> card. That's all it is. So, uh, it's interesting, but we are here for it. So there's, um, guys, I don't know. Have you heard that we have a new sponsor to uh, the Wind Daily Sports Show by any chance? Oh. Um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, the the former sponsor, the no. current sponsor. There's oh, we new, have a new new sponsor. We have a new sponsor. 
and this is an interesting one because we've been talking about being long off the tee and uh always worrying about ball striking so i think this is very appropriate especially golf is an older man's game if i'm not mistaken so we want to say that this episode is sponsored by blue chew let's talk about something we can all use a little bit more of right now sex not just sex <laughs> great sex guys now you can increase your performance not only on the golf course but in the bedroom as well. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color, B-L-U-E, chew.com. Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Look at that. Look at that. You guys are older than me, so I'm pretty much just letting you guys know um, that this exists now. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises blue chew is made in the <laughs> usa it's prescribed online by licensed physicians so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line thankfully it's you know a pandemic it's even cheaper than going to the pharmacy and they prepare and ship it right to you in discreet packages no awkward not oh no awkwardness and you don't need to leave your house if you can benefit from more confidence where it counts not only on the golf course but in the bedroom blue chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance right now we've got a special deal for our listeners visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code windaily just pay five dollars again that's b-l-u-e-chew.com promo code windaily to try it free blue chew is better the better and cheaper choice we thank them for sponsoring this show and remember when you support our sponsors you have better sex and this podcast happens more so Promo code Windaily, bluechew.com. Thank you very much uh, to our new friends over at oh, Bluechew. So. I have some questions. Absolutely. Uh, we, don't, we don't have the fancy graphics for Bluechew. No, yeah, we're we getting this. Fancy. They just became a sponsor yesterday. So we're just going to oh. get that involved. So so that's um that's a nice pairing with Manscaped, like a fine wine with a, with a nice yeah. meal. So that's, that's very smart. Manscaped's so, coming back next week. So very excited about them. But, but just a word of advice, you know, I know we're live, but when you say Bluechew and you spell it, so like I was a little confused. So it's B-L-U-E. Yes. Chew, right? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because I feel like the E kind of like delved into the chew okay. part. Now, it wasn't a hard enough E. So let's Not let's hard. work. Michael, if we can work on that for maybe next, next the e week. Wasn't, it wasn't hard enough? Ah, uh, you see what I did? <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. Did. You, you see what you did? What I did. You saw yeah. what I did. B-L-U-E, blue like the color, chew.com, promo code. Win daily, John. That is fantastic. Save those strokes, my man. My man, I love it. Um, before we hop over, uh, Ram, Homa, Shoffley, Grio, Palmer, Holmes, Joel, what do you think? I think it's really I, honestly. I looked at that a second ago and I said I was surprised you could afford all those guys. So I think it's a good look. I, if you can afford all those guys, I roll with that. Roll with it. I don't mind that. I mean, Griot's not a great course fit here, but he's striking it so well. I'm a big Griot fan, so I'm not going to argue with that at all. I mean, I think JB Holmes is so boom or bust. Um, I might consider pivoting off of that, but I know, I know Joel likes him, but, um, probably, I can't remember what his price is. So it's hard for me to know what, where the pivot would be, but if that's in that Warensky range, I probably would go there, but, uh, but I like the lineup. Uh, I have no issue with that lineup. Maybe home 6,900. Nice. Yeah. Just so, to be clear, that's, that's a tournament lineup. Don't, don't play that lineup in cash. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, honestly, like you can play homes, um, but I, I just would probably switch over to uh Warinsky or uh, maybe Kramer Hickok might be safer plays there, but Holmes has upside. So does Luke list. That's another guy you could put in there. Love it. Love it. Since our, 
send some lineups over guys if you have any questions we are literally here to help so let's move on to the betting show again send those lineups in we can get to them a little bit later the betting side of the show see i actually have a really funny story to tell you so when you give me those bets i literally write them down on my pad of paper right here i take a picture and i send it to my betting group with my boys um and one of my buddies took michael kim last week so oh, we're no. all like, excited and celebrating sunday night oh. we're like Fuck yeah we all just won 56 to 1 let's go and my buddy's looking he's like no i lost and we're like what did you do he's like i took michael kim and we're like Fuck, nick what are you doing dude oh, no. it said siwoo he's like i don't know anything about golf i was like damn it I'm sorry, man. Like, there's literally nothing I can do about that. But we're all like ecstatic. Some of us even put like three, four bucks on it at a time. And it's like, all right, pulling in 200 bucks. And he's just sitting there like, damn it. And, and I also gave him the first round leaders. And he just forgot to, he didn't get those in in time. So he couldn't even take advantage of see who came first round leaders. So I felt bad, but I was also, I also think it's hilarious. So it's <laughs> funny, but like the odds were so vastly different between those two guys. So like, I mean, Michael Kim had to have been like, 200 to one or something right i don't even think i give them the odds i just give them the names these right. are the people you're putting out right time. I got you. I so got i you. just put sibu kim this guy this guy this guy and they're all just like okay we do it they do it every time i mean you've been so close on first round leaders the last like three weeks everyone was kind of waiting for this to happen <laughs> good thing it happened twice in one tournament so i got a couple extra bucks to do this on so let's start there uh see ya. who are you liking for some let's do outrights first um, well the thing is michael we because uh, of the alternate oh, course don't. thing we don't have first round leaders yet again and i, I don't know how that's gonna work well, we I got know it last week we got it last week i think tomorrow wednesday wednesday night is when i think we got them so i think that's okay. what i asked you so, so i keep, do have some outright plays though Go ahead. keep this in mind I, I can't confirm this because obviously i'm not the bookie but there's a good chance that there's two First, they do a first one leader for each course instead yep. of just one total. Yep. So if that's the case, the odds are all going to be smaller and everything like that because it's you know less golfers, everything like that. But there's but, a good chance that it ends up being two different first one leaders. But DraftKings lets you parlay them, and Cameron Tringall was not that far off the lead to where thirteen hundred dollars or fourteen hundred dollars would have been added to my account on a one dollar uh, Tringall Siwoo Kim parlay. So so I had Tringall and Siwoo. <laughs> He actually verified. He actually verified with me the, the night before, like Wednesday night, like super late. It wasn't super late for me, but it was like you know buzzer buzzer beater time. And I'm like Siwoo on this one on this course. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. And, and I was trying. Like, honestly, I was kind of fishing for somebody on the other course, and I was like Tringali. Like let's just go with him. Mm -hmm. And I, I got a text from Michael because Tringali was like it was maybe close enough. I mean, he was like in second or third place, and there was still like plenty of holes to play. And Siwoo was at the top. I mean, he almost hit that parlay. Mm -hmm. It's that would have been bananas. Would have been bananas. Dollar bets, baby. Dollar bets everywhere. Um. All right. Let's just do. Let's just do the uh the outrights then. See what do you got? I'm I'm into making more money. All right. So let's start with Jason Day at 35 to one. Um. Honestly, I'm not necessarily huge on him in DFS, but but I feel like he's one of those guys that like we don't really know what his form is right now. I like the fact that he's coming off a break because that's the Jason Day we probably want, nice and rested and probably in good form. Um, I think he grades out well for this course. And I think both in DraftKings and in the betting market, if this is the Jason Day that we think we might get from like, I don't know, two, three years ago when he was really clicking, like he would probably be closer to like 22 to one. And in DFS, he'd be probably closer to like 9,600. So it's one of those like, I don't want to be early on Jordan Spieth. I don't want to be early on Gary Woodland. I do want to be early on Jason Day because I've kind of seen it from him. Even lately, I've seen flashes, at least from him, where he's put a couple of good rounds together. So 35 to 1 is a reasonable number. I'll go long shot the rest of the way. I do want to caution the long shot plays, though, because this course has the requisite difficulty where, like, 
those like guys that are like, you know, 150 to one from last week that were all kind of hovering near the leaderboard, they probably aren't going to be, some of them will be, but not quite as many. So I think you don't want to probably, you probably don't want to go 125 to one on this one, 150 as, as your like punt plays. But anyway, uh, Cam Smith at 66 to one, uh, Ryan Palmer at 55 to one and Sam Burns at 95 to one, I actually think is a good number for Sam Burns, given how he fits this course. But I already said the guy, but I, I am going to break the news because one of those four is the guy that's actually going to win the tournament. A hundred percent. Definitely. This guy is going to win the tournament. His name. Well, his odds are 66 to one. And his name is Cam Smith wins the tournament. And he's going to get off to a good start Thursday. And he's going to close Sunday. And Cam Smith is your winner. I love it. I love it. Give me more money. Cam Smith. What do you got, Joel? Yeah, so my two favorite bets this week aren't winners. It's going to be uh, Rory, top 10, to get plus 125, so you can plus odds. And I think top 10 is a good – like, he can get eighth. You have a good week, and you win your bet. So I like Rory. Mm -hmm. And the one I already mentioned, Leishman, top 30. It's even money, no vig, plus 100. Bet it. Bet your full unit on that. I love him in the top 30. That way, if he gets top 28th place, you still win. Perfect. Yes, so um, I like that. Now, for, for betting outright, you know – it's just not fun to bet Rory at less than, you know, whatever, yeah. 80. It's just not fun. So I'm not going to be taking any of those. You know, if you want to put a dollar, I actually do like Jason Day a lot. I like Sia's place. Ride Sia. Sia's hot. Don't listen to me. Sia's place are the plays. And if you're going to, if you want to have some fun, you want to put 50 cents on a play because it's just fun. And that's what I'm saying. You can do that. But Sia's plays are the ones I like. And that's what I would go with. But scrolling down, someone that if you want to take a, a long shot bomb on, I think, um, Someone that could be interesting is Charlie Hoffman. I mean, he's done well here in the past. Um, he's a, typically a guy that, you know, comes around on courses that he plays well. He kind of appears and disappears at the time. So he's the guy that I'm going to take a shot on. And he's, what, 110 to 1, I think? Or did I misread that? I think he's 110 to 1. Yeah, that's um, So I think I think that's, that's a good a good way for you to have fun. And the other guy that's uh, that I'll mention for for an outright is 140 to 1, and it's Dylan Fratelli. And it's, it's, it's just a, it's a gamble. He's another guy that he does like streaks. He gets hot. He can win tournaments. He's a guy I, I like. I think he can get hot this week, but um, he's not like super super confident in him. I yeah, like I, I like Fratelli as well. I mean, he's not a super long hitter, but he won us some money last year, and you don't have to be long here. So I, I think Fratelli's a smart play at that number. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, my golf bankroll is through the roof right now, Joel. I, you got nothing to worry about. And I'm very <laughs> excited. Sia should have first round leaders. I'll probably tweet them out maybe. And then we'll put some on, obviously put them in the discord as well. And I promise you, I will be parlaying the two courses because it felt so good last week. I was texting Sia. I was like, I can't find like the difference between the courses. Where's the leaderboards? ESPN's not helping me out. What am I going to do? He completely ignored me, of course. But um, then when Siwoo Kim won first day, because he was actually like third, um, best that's why i was really confused when it hit one of my buddies texted me i didn't realize he was first on his course so it uh it definitely you gotta, yeah out. you gotta find the apps that especially at these alternate courses that actually show you what yeah. course they're on like the pga tour uh app would be a good one for this week nice I'll cbs is good in general though i think it doesn't have shot tracker but in terms of just seeing the standings yeah. cbs is pretty up to see is on cbs and all now guys i wonder why he's pushing them so much um just going back to this uh lineup from austin rom homa shoffley grio palmer holmes this is on fanduel uh, I know we mostly pay attention to DraftKings a lot. I don't know if it does too much. Joel, do you play a little FanDuel? Does that make it make more sense? I don't really play too much FanDuel. I've played before. I do know on FanDuel, it's a little... You're, you, you can almost play more who you want to play. 
Whereas yeah. DraftKings, you're was more restricted, and that makes more sense that you could afford it. Like, I was like, I don't think you could afford all those guys. Are you sure? But <laughs> on FanDuel, now it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, see you. Where can everybody find you on the internet in case they want to congratulate you on winning bets this weekend? Uh, find us on uh, find all of us on SiriusXM weekends five to seven Saturdays mm-hmm. most Saturdays and Sundays. I guess we're taking the Super Bowl. We have sat- we have this Saturday and Sunday. I'm doing Saturday of the Super Bowl, and then we have the Super Bowl off. So we have three shows the next uh, next two weekends. Gotcha. And uh, on Twitter at Cianajad S I A N E J A D. I'm on Instagram too. Cianajad Sports. Cianajad Sports. Joel, what do you got? At Draftmaster Flex at Twitter and Instagram. Um, that's where you'll find me, and we're gonna be uh, making some more money this week. Hell yeah, as always. I just want to point out if you do follow Joel on both Instagram and Twitter, his profile pictures on both are so starkly different that I actually was like, <laughs> I don't think this is the same person, but it turns out it's definitely <laughs> the same guy. So, see, ya, make sure to go check that. Uh, check me on that. You can find me at Michael Brazil One. You can find us at Windaily Sports, and again, windailysports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in our expert Discord chat. Thank you to everybody in this chat over here. This was a lot of fun. It always is. We appreciate each and every one of you. For Joel, for Sia, for everybody in the chat, and for Wind Daily Sports and myself, we all hope you make it a very profitable Farmer's Insurance Open. Bye, everybody. Sports. <laughs>